0: Alright, are you ready? Yeah. You ready for some man talk? Some man talk. Man talk. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Man talk. Yeah. Man talk yeah. Doesn't she know that's just boys being boys? It's not man, but I have a problem with that frame and I don't accept it. You guys are off that fucking. Come on, young Tante. Looks like we got ourselves a ladies.
0: I'm a baby, I'm a man. Redefining what we come to know as manhood. You are to be man. Boys My name is Will Small. I've been handed stories throughout my life of what a man should be, how they should act, what they aren't supposed to say or do. And I wonder, what stories are we currently passing on to our young boys and men? Are we satisfied with them? This show is not a set of answers. Rather, it's a conversation with those who want to ask better questions, live a better story. If that's you, you're in the right place. This is the Mankind Podcast. Okay, so let's fill in a little backstory here. I've never really been the stereotypical image of masculinity. I've been wearing a pretty good beard for as long as I've been able to grow facial hair, but I can't build anything, fix anything, or lift anything heavy to save my life. Generally, though, I've been pretty comfortable with who I am. But few things can throw you into an existential crisis like becoming a parent. I have two little boys, and I already see the mould the world wants to cast for them. Even with good intentions, we pass on really simple, stereotypical ideas about what it means to be a boy, one day a man. In the world we live in today, I think it's more confusing than ever. Where are we supposed to look to learn this stuff? Hollywood, the media, Facebook? I want my sons to hear from a range of authentic voices and diverse life experiences about the different ways a man can look. So I've embarked on a mission... I've sat with men in different fields and different stages of life and asked them what they think about these ideas. First up, I decided to chat with someone who is right in the thick of figuring some of this stuff out. He has literally just turned 18, but my friend Fletcher Pillen has some pretty good thinking around the kind of man he wants to be in the world. Fletcher won Australia's Got Talent back in 2017, performing a song called Infinite Child, which he wrote after his younger brother passed in a skateboarding accident. Whether you're on the cusp of legal adulthood yourself or you're at the stage where it'd be an epic compliment to be asked for your ID, I reckon there's something in this conversation for you. It definitely was for me. I'm sitting here with uh, with Fletcher Pillen in his studio, which is awesome. You walk into this aluminium warehouse, yep. walk up some sneaky stairs and you're in this beautiful uh, little studio, which you built with your dad. I is did, that right? Thank
1: you. I built the stairs actually as well, did which you? is scary because I, I have a zero carpentry expertise, but my dad used to be a carpenter. And, um, so he's quite handy. Well, it's so cool to be sitting here with you, but, um, you know, it's funny. We should,
0: talk about carpentry, building studios. I'm not good at any of that stuff. I've never been good at building or fixing cars yeah, or yeah. playing footy or any of that stuff. No, this, is,
1: this is resonating with me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it is, man.
0: <laughs> We've got to stick together. Yeah. But, you know, I want to be a good man, yeah. whatever that means. Yeah. I don't always know what that means, but it's something that I desire. And I know that there are many of us who who maybe get a bit confused about what that means. And I'm, that's no diss to, to the mechanics, the carpenters, the footy players. Mm. Um, we need we need all of those. So first up, why don't you just quickly paint us a picture in a few sentences of what your life looks like right now.
1: A lot of my hours are spent in this room actually now. Um but I'm, I'm still at school. I'm in year 12 at Terrigal High. My parents went to Terrigal High and they've been together since they were at Terrigal High. Um, oh, that's so sweet. Which is, which is crazy. I go there with my sister now. And is it correct that you've got a girlfriend? I do, yes. Is she go to Terrigal she High? She does, yeah. Oh um, my goodness, history I know. is repeating. Her name's Layla. Uh, she, we've been together for two and a half years now. You better, uh, you better get married. Don't get married just yet. <laughs> just turned
0: married. 18, so let's just give it a, yeah, give it a yeah, bit of time. Cheers, yeah. But uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, you're in your 12, I doing am. the HSC, I imagine.
1: Yes, I do four subjects. It's called Pathways, and I can do the HSC, some of the HSC that I haven't done in the last couple of years um, after school, which is great because it gives me more time to, to do music, which is where I spend most of my time, to be honest, um, writing songs, practicing. Um, recently released an EP called Thoughts. Um, which was a huge kind of outlet for me to a lot of the songs I've been writing for the past couple of years and getting a band together um, and, and where I'm at now is we're, we're touring and playing shows off that and, um, yeah, just, just having a ball. I live, yeah. live in wombie so I surf every – well, not every day, but music's my passion. And uh,
0: Yeah, cool, man. Yeah. So good. Congrats on Thank the you. EP. Thank you, mate. So uh, when you think back to, I guess, being a little bit younger, you know, maybe being a kid – yeah. Um. In primary school or whatever, what were some of the ideas that you picked up as a kid about what it means to be a man? Either things that you heard or things that you saw. Mm. You know, do you when you were growing up, what do you think you thought that it meant to be a man?
1: Um. Being a kid, I think uh, y- you see anyone older than you. I remember being in kindergarten, and the Year Four kids seem to be men. And, yeah, um, right. I think my depth of thought increased a lot coming from sort of primary school and, and into high school and then I've grown up with with my dad who's an incredibly loving really caring man and I think to have such a positive masculine role model has, has been I just always want to be half the man my dad is you know what I mean so being being a man is, is just being honest being there for the people that that need you um, now that I'm a man which is which is an odd thing to say or that's, that's the only That's all I want to be I want to be good to my family And I guess through music as well
0: Yeah, awesome It was really cool that you grew up I guess looking at uh, your dad As a really clear picture of manhood Which was about being caring yeah, To those closest yeah, yeah. Uh, Rather than just being tough and silent yeah, I think.
1: it's it's interesting you say that, and I think um, masculinity can be associated with, uh, like you say, being being a hard ass, you know. And mm. um, I, I've I've never had that. My dad's you know tough when he needs to be, and and also always soft enough to relate to me as a young kid.
0: So you've recently turned eighteen years old. Yeah. Uh, according to the Australian law, you are now officially a man. No more boy here. Fletcher Pillin is a man. He has legal responsibilities and privileges. But I just want to know, man, beyond being able to legally drink or gamble or get into certain venues, uh, what does the idea of being a man mean to you now as a, as a kind of fresh 18-year-old um, able to take responsibility and make choices? You know, has that idea of manhood like changed much from when you were a kid growing up to now.
1: Yeah, I. So I I wrote a song just like a couple months ago before I turned eighteen, and, and the first line was "I'm almost a man by legal standards," and I and the next line was "I uh, gave up drinking before I started, so I don't I don't drink alcohol." So I, I think for a lot of people turning eighteen and. and being an adult, that's that's kind of a big part of it. So that's quite different, Fletch. Can you just tell me just briefly like what's behind that decision for you? Especially after losing my brother a couple of years ago, um, I sort of said to myself, I'm never going to do anything that because I'll fit in or because other people are doing it or, or and I only ever want to make decisions because I wholly want to make them. Um, and whether that's about taking control of my life or staying, staying true to who I feel I want to be reflect, um, as you know, my soul and my, my person to the world, um, is, is a huge thing for me. And I've never got to the point where I'm like, yeah, today I want to wake up and go drink alcohol and I'd only yeah. be doing it because either people want me to or, or whatever. So I just, I just, and, um, I'm good for now.
0: Yeah, man, I think that's awesome. Cause I think you're probably at a point where I guess, um, for many people, Uh, That kind of, you know, moving from adolescence into adulthood, turning 18, you know, the world opening up, getting your peas, all of that. You're also surrounded by all this pressure to behave in a certain way, um, to do certain things. And yet you just seem so calm and settled being exactly who you choose to be rather Mm. than who anyone else chooses to be. So it does sound like you have a pretty clear idea of, you know, one thing that's important to you about being a man is that you get to do that on your terms, yeah, not, not in an arrogant, like, oh, no, oh, man, I, I do what I want. Yeah. But like, you know, I'm going to take care of my body. You know, I'm going to yeah. make decisions that are actually I'm fully in control of. That's awesome. Thank you for that.
1: I, it's funny turning 18 and I've had, it's probably the most common question is, you know, do you, do you feel different? And I, I've had a lot of things happen to me in the last couple of years that have maybe put me in a position to, Um, deal with things that maybe people don't go through until later in life and lucky enough to have a family and be surrounded by people who deal with those things in a positive way.
0: Yeah. I mean that, you know, just to like focus in on that for a moment for somebody who's only 18, for someone who is a young man, you have been through both extreme success. Like you won Australia's Got Talent for goodness sake. That's amazing. Um, But as you mentioned before, you lost your brother a few years ago. Um, You've also been through pretty insane um, loss and suffering. Yeah. Um, And, you know, that's the kind of stuff at both levels, that kind of huge success and huge loss are the kind of things that can drive people into more destructive behaviors. So could you share just a little bit around how, you know, those things have shaped you and yet how you've, you know, been so thoughtful in terms of um, handling you know what's come across your path. Well,
1: um, I my family has kind of always taught me, and I think for a lot of people, maybe turning eighteen is like okay, now I get to make my own decisions now. And my family has always been incredibly big on letting me choose the life that I want to have, even be, even before the loss of my brother. Um, and and so dealing with with stuff like that first, I guess losing my brother. Um, it was it was it was a thing for for all of us and still is like it, it was his birthday recently mm. um and every year we sort of celebrate with him i guess and we're quite spiritual people even before that which i guess helps and not in not in a particularly religious sense but just feel like everything is uh i i guess to sum it up the song the song that i performed on australia's got talent is called infinite child and that's not a figure of speech for me that's i genuinely feel like he's still here and he's still with me and um, and like, I can still, still be with him every day. Uh, and I, so I think for that, I, I know a lot of people when they lose people, it's, you know, that's it, they're gone mm-hmm. or either that's it, they're in heaven. I can see them when I pass or that sort of thing. But I, I, so I think maybe I'm sort of lucky to, to have the genuine feeling that I've, I've, had connections with him since he's left and, and the certain things like like two weeks before he passed he'd said uh if if, if i ever pass away i'm going to be reincarnated as a dog which is not <laughs> something <laughs> something a 10 year old's gonna say yeah uh every day and um a few days after he passed and my family were out i was i, I wasn't with them at the time but they were walking in my town um and a dog ran out and they flipped his collar over and it said Banjo. Um, my brother's name was Banjo. Wow. Um, which is, I don't know, and there's been that and a few other things. It is too much for me to go, you know, that's just a coincidence and he's gone sure. and, and, and that's, that's it.
0: Um, I think even just from, a, from an outsider's perspective, looking at the way that your family um, does, you know, kind of live in the world in honour of him every day, Um, things like obviously the skate park that's been built down at Terrigal. You know, I drive past that regularly and see his name there, Banjo. And I just think that's that's so awesome that for you guys um, every day is an opportunity to celebrate life.
1: Well, that's – and I think I guess his um, thirst for life is what's probably driven that within us as well. Like for him every day was an opportunity to wake up and go and enjoy himself is really what's kind of – kept us coming back to when things are maybe can get overwhelming it's go well you know let's just celebrate what we have now yeah. we're still here and and we feel he's still here and we can still feel his his presence and we'll celebrate um
0: there's something in as well that that sense of like um the way that a child is in the world mm. full of joy full yeah. of exploration curiosity not thinking about you know all of the problems and stresses and deadlines it's almost like actually, for this conversation, there's something about that that is so powerful about being a grown up being a man, yeah. being an adult, being a woman, mm. um actually becoming like a child again I've,
1: yeah, I've thought about that a lot. The less time we spend doing that, the less time we're connecting to what it what it really means to be be a person and be human yeah you know, there's enough yeah, there's, yeah. we can build enough machines to to do jobs, but you can't replicate sitting with the people you love and feeling that gratitude of i'm so happy to be alive and be in this moment for
0: sure man well you know you seem like um yeah you're doing pretty well fletch i've got to say thank you um you're a bit of an example to uh to many of us both older and younger um but surely it's not always easy right to live that out and i'm sure that you come across messages about manhood and about masculinity and about how to live in our culture, in our society that are really frustrating and that you wish you could change or challenge. Do you reckon you could share any thoughts on, you know, are there things that you come across, things that you hear, mm. um, particularly around the script for what it means to be a man. Yeah. Um, that you just you know,
1: you you would change or challenge if you could. Yeah. Even that even that saying be a man, I think there's, there's both positive and negative connotations to that, and masculinity has been associated with toxic masculinity, which is uh, 100% exists and is every day of the week a bad thing. Um, and in the same way, I, I, I guess it, being being a young person and um, being a creative person, and 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 having experiences in my life that have forced emotion upon me, I'm it's something that I'm certainly not afraid of um, allowing myself to feel. Uh, but I think there's this kind of a fading, fading notion that to be a man is to to always be strong and always have your stuff together, which is uh, which is great. People, people in general, whether you're a man or a woman, you face problems and you face um, things that are going to force you to make decisions that sometimes aren't always easy. And to just suggest that because that you're a guy, those decisions aren't difficult is ridiculous. So I think for me, the more everyone can perceive masculinity as both being strong and you can be vulnerable as well. It doesn't make you any less of a man. And I think for me being a musician and I guess the kind of role of a musician is to leave it all out there and and open your heart to people. That's what I feel it is for me anyway. Um,
0: Yeah, well, I was going to ask you about that because you, um, through music, through art, through creativity, it is this act of – vulnerability yeah. publicly. Yeah. Do you know, like you're yeah. not just being vulnerable with one person, no, you're being vulnerable yeah. with every person who's gonna rock up to that show or listen to that song, which is a pretty brave thing to do. Thank you. How have you found people respond to that level of public vulnerability and kind of challenging that idea of mm. just being, you know, strong and silent. You're actually living out a life that's quite open emotionally. Yeah. How do people respond to that?
1: Um I've been I've been incredibly lucky like the response and the support for myself and my family around around um banji's story um has been nothing but love and positivity chatted about earlier to do with the skate park you know that was not us that was a result of people like we were still in the hospital um and, and there was a group up on facebook that had you know hundreds of members in it to say let's build a skate park in his honor um so cool, and yeah, and uh, that really means the world to us. And I guess to do with to do with my music as well. I think people are people are craving to feel something, something that makes me, you know, look at my own life and 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 question how that fits in, and or, or assess a situation, or, or even make me tap into something that I haven't experienced and go, you know, I feel that, and that that can mean something to me. And I think everyone's kind of searching for that.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's sort of like, you know, when somebody allows themselves to express that feeling, like you on a stage with a guitar, singing lyrics, the people that hear that are then kind of given permission to express yeah. the feeling also. Yeah. So something in that connection, sort of that idea of um, being given permission. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, and I, I definitely want to like consciously, I know that there are plenty of men um, raised with enormous pressure to bottle things up. And I don't blame those men. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, and I, I don't want this to sound like a, well, unless you're being really open and vulnerable emotionally, you're, you know, you're, exactly. you're useless. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to do no, that. Everyone but, does that in um, different ways. But I'm grateful. I'm always grateful for like anyone who goes first kind of gives permission. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. That's what I see. Yeah. It's sort of like, if no one's doing that, it'd be hard to to do that. If if every man is kind of expected to not cry and to, you know, keep things inside and whatever. Yeah. yeah. It'd be pretty hard to go first. Um, yeah. But I feel like these days more and more people, yourself included, are kind of um, doing doing that act in a way that invites others into that, which is pretty cool. Maybe it's a changing moment in time. Yeah. I certainly hope that for my little, my little fellas.
1: These kind of stereotypes of ways guys are supposed to feel perpetuate the problem of toxic masculinity and... and
0: and everyone loses. And that's the thing, right? Exactly. Like if, you're, if you're shut down emotionally, you know, the, your family, your loved ones, your community lose out, um, but so do you as well. And I think that's what's so dangerous about some of the darker images and stories that we have of manhood. And they're not all the stories. That's the point, right? Like there's always been examples of men um, who are, you know, willing to, to be courageous and break out of that. Um, but, yeah, that, that – those versions of masculinity that are really stripped down, that are really narrowed down, you know, they're, they're a loss for everyone, you know, for for the man as an individual as well as for everyone around them. Um, so for you, who are some of the men that you actually look to, whether it's in the music scene or, or kind of on a, a large, you know, sort of celebrity platform or whether it's people like your dad and your granddad, who are some of the men you look to that you think are doing it well, that you think other people could look to as an example for... You know how to how to improve at this stuff. You know we need to have people to look to. Yeah. Who, who are some of those for you?
1: Um. Yeah. Well, like you say, my dad and grandfather's are. You know, set an incredible example for me to look to and not model myself on because I think everyone is uh, capable of choosing how they want to be. But but I guess making the people around you feel okay to to be themselves and and do the same. You know, we
0: need examples of uh, really great mechanics we need examples exactly, yeah. of really you know um great thoughtful men who are footy players yeah and we also need those examples of musicians and yeah you know architects and um just across all fields parents like we need examples of dads who are just great yeah. you know yeah. parents and that's yeah. kind of the thing yeah um i
1: i think the most the most truly manly thing we can do is be honest yeah because sometimes that's hard and sometimes it's hard to uh Take responsibility for sure, Uh, and I think the more people that take their life into their own hands and and are fully aware of um, their decisions and the repercussions of that as well, um, the better functioning a society we will have
0: for sure. And I guess all of that is um, true for men, but it's also just true for, for humans. People, oh, know, people for, in general. Anyone. Yeah, that's... that's um, yeah. I didn't just learn to be a man no, yeah. because of my dad. 100%. As much as I love my dad, my mum has taught me yeah. how to be the man that yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, So So um, just to ask it on the other side, mm. who are some of the women that you look up to that you are listening to in your life that are teaching you how to become who you are?
1: Yeah, oh, 100% my mum. My mum has... Uh Has always been there for me in every aspect of my life Um, she's she's always taught me to above all else be a good person never cared how that happens or or what I do as long as I treat people well and and look after myself and I think I think her now being in politics as well is uh setting an example for me as well to use what I have to try and make a difference like like she is and um and the way that she supported me through my music and um and my brother and sister um I am always going to try and not only be that for her but be that for other people it's awesome
0: um so one of the one of the questions I love to ask people is you know it's great to have an idea about becoming a better man or being a good person good yeah. human whatever um, but those, those ideas of who we're becoming, they don't just come into being because they're nice ideas. They come into being because we create habits and we, you know, foster rhythms in our life, um, that actually help us become the kind of people that, that we see for ourselves in the future. So on a practical level, Fletch, yeah. what, are, what are some of the things that you do? Some of the things that are a part of your, your rhythm of life that actually help you to be healthy? and help you to continue to move towards, you know, becoming the Fletch of the
1: future? Uh, well, on a practical level, I've been vego for seven years. Um, and i that's purely because I, I don't feel that um, as people, we, we need to kill animals to survive. And I had someone say to me, you can't live without me. And my response was, oh, really? I'm still alive. I'm still alive. <laughs> so, there's, uh, so there's that... Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't wake up at a consistent time. I sometimes I go for an early surf.
0: But surfing's one of those things, right? Surfing's probably a practice that if you were to stop so doing it regularly, yeah,
1: it kind of resets everything for me. Surfing. Um, I've been. My dad taught me to surf when I was young, um, and then when I was 13, I kind of started surfing every day when I started high school. It's kind of been a nice way to connect with my brother in the ocean, and I connect with myself in the ocean. And I connect with something bigger than myself in the ocean. Um, and there's something about riding a wave and being part of, you know, a physical form of energy that's, that's come from the earth is, is uh, an incredible yeah. incredible feeling. And um, songwriting 100% is probably my biggest outlet of, of self-expression. And I write a lot of poetry as well. And um, even beyond just wanting to say things, I think it's a way for me to kind of sit down and, and think yeah. Um and someone said there's no better way to, to learn something than to teach something and it's something I think I'm particularly teaching, but having something to say forces you to formulate an opinion. Yeah. And uh sometimes the more questions you ask, the more questions you have, but that I think that's still more informed than not asking questions. For sure. And and it's not that I want to be informed or know everything. It's I guess it's just a way of, of knowing myself better.
0: Yeah. So you've got You got practices in your life, I guess, practices that are about who you're becoming in terms of everything from what you put into your body, um, from, you know, your kind of creative outlets, your practice of songwriting, jumping in the ocean. That's awesome. What about, um, do you have any kind of mentors or other sort of forms of, I guess, support networks or other kind of, you know, things in place that, again, are just that extra layer of support around you becoming?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm super open with my family um, and I keep coming back to it, but I, that's just because they're such a big part of my life. From the youngest age, like I, I've told my mom and dad everything, there's no one I can rely on more. And especially kind of going through the loss of my brother together, we're, it's not like my parents were sort of more knowledgeable on that than me, you know, like that. They lost their son when I lost my brother and we all went through that together and I saw them as vulnerable as I was mm. and that made it okay. And, and in terms of other people in my life, I've got you know my band that I play with now and they're just incredible people. There's something about sharing uh, music with other people that, that binds you in a much quicker way than probably you, you would otherwise. Sure. So playing music is really, really kind of grounding and at the end of the day, I feel like I'm a musician and I feel like I'm here to, to play music. And so the more I'm doing that, the more I'm closer to who I want to be.
0: Yeah, awesome. Very cool. Well, uh, it's awesome that you got so many things in place, I think, so many things in place that are kind of this scaffolding, this structure um, around um, not just who you are today, but, yeah, that idea of who you're becoming. Um, And I guess to finish with, what I'd love you to do just mentally is to fast forward 10, 20, Mm -hmm. 30 years thinking about Fletcher beyond the fresh, you know, 18, legally a man. I want you to think about you, you know, a couple decades down the track and uh, as far as, you know, for all of us who are trying to live ourselves into um, a picture of manhood which is for the next generation, um, you know, just going to continue to allow people to be free in who they are, paint us a picture of that version of Fletch.
1: That's that's funny you ask that. I there's there's a few things I think about on a kind of a daily basis, and that's one of them. And I kind of, in terms of my own mental image of myself and what I want to do in life, I always come back to thinking of myself being eighty, and the decisions I make in my life, I always try and think of, what does what does the eighty year old version of me think of this? Yeah, wow, um, that's, that's cool that you actually think you. about that. Uh, and 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 I. I, I don't know whether that means I'm going to be 80 and, and go, you know, I'm – because I'm content now. Like I'm happy – my brother lived for 10 years. I've lived 18. Um, and I've, I seriously feel like I've had the longest life because I've had, I've had just so many things happen. Um, and so I, I think that's my thing with music is when I'm, when I'm 80, am I going to look back on my life and if I had given up on music – I just know in myself that, that that's not something that I'm going to be okay with. Um, if truly 100% content, that means everything that you have, you're okay with. And in, a, and in its purest form, that means you don't want anything else, and which even, even as a good thing would be, you know, I don't want my record to do well or I don't want to have, have a career. And on the other side of that is pure ambition and being okay with nothing. And so I I guess one day went, well, okay, I guess I just accept portions of feeling content and portions of ambition because they're both, you can't feel both in their purest form at the same time. I don't know if that simplified things or complicated them. I I don't know, but. I know one thing.
0: Yeah. You are wiser (laughs) than uh, most 18-year-olds in the world today. Thank you, mate. Or maybe you're just representative of a new wave. Uh, of more thoughtful people. Um, but that's a beautiful thought, you know, that idea of actually balancing be content where you're at today mm. but continue to also hold that intention with that movement towards uh, the things that you're pursuing. And you know what? I reckon if every person listening to this spent a moment thinking about what their 80-year-old self would be thinking, looking back on their life, I'd, I think generally that would be a good thing for people to do. Uh, I think maybe that would change some of the decisions that we make for the better. That's lovely.
1: Thank you for saying that.
0: This Mankind Podcast is a conversation about what it means to live out a positive story of manhood in the world today and to rise above some of the negative examples we hear about and see lived out around us. I don't think it's possible to have a conversation about being a good man without including the perspectives of women in the conversation. If you're a man listening to this podcast, why not listen to it with your partner, girlfriend, mother, sister, daughter? See what they think. Ask them where you may be able to lift your game. I've asked a good friend of mine, Hannah Gearhart, to add her voice to this conversation.
2: I I am Hannah Gearhart. Uh, I write as Hannah Macaulay Gearhart, and so that's a nice precursor into uh, saying that I am a writer. I... Um, I'm doing a PhD in creative writing at the moment, um, focusing on the ways we represent ourselves through narrative and finding voices of those that are often not given permission to speak publicly or or broadly. I'm also a head teacher of English in a, a local high school. I am a passionate feminist. Uh, And have become even more passionate over the years Uh, I am married to a wonderful man and we have two small kids So I'm a mum and wife as well
0: How are you going this evening?
2: Good, good, especially after listening to that conversation I'm feeling particularly good How joyous was it?
0: Oh, I tell you what, if Fletcher is representative of 18 year olds (laughs) In Australia today, I feel hopeful
2: Yeah about the
0: future, which is a nice thing to feel.
2: <laughs> yes, it is, isn't it? You know, I, I work with teenagers in my day job and I think they're often undersold a little bit. So, you know, like I see the good in them um, and it's wonderful to hear a very articulate, very self aware teenager express what they have to offer the world. So that was really encouraging
0: you know, you're so right in that I think young people are often undersold. Mm. I find myself, even as somebody who spends a fair bit of time with young people, kind of constantly surprised when maybe I shouldn't be surprised at the level of thought and and observation Mm. and just like they're looking at this world and thinking so critically about, is this how it has to be? Mm. What, you know, could we do to make the world of the future better? Uh, I think in some ways, Fletch, maybe he is a little bit more uh, eloquent than your average human being, yeah. but I do think he probably is representative of what a lot of young guys yeah. are thinking.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, yeah, for you, Hannah, what were some of the standout moments listening to that interview?
2: I think just this real sense of hope uh, and positivity around masculinity. Often the conversations about masculinity are really dire and hopeless and and very keen to point out all the things that people are doing wrong because if you're only speaking negatively about an issue, um, people feel stuck in this and don't know how to change. Um, And I think hearing these really hopeful, positive discussions about masculinity uh, are just a really refreshing thing to hear and do give that hope you were talking about, not just for young people, but for masculinity generally. Um, So I think that was a really standout thing too. And I'm really glad you interviewed an 18-year-old too cuz I think sometimes the conversations we're having about masculinity are either older, so well established in life or or children, they're the conversations we're often having. Mm. So it's really interesting to hear someone contemplating what manhood is as as he's legally entering manhood like he said. So
0: for um, sure. I think I think Fletcher has uh like I would observe a deep sense of Character, Yeah. And I think that that partly has come from both his experience of um, significant success and significant grief. Yeah. But at the same time, I also think the, the way he's grown up, he's had permission to explore self yeah. in a way that when those things happened, I think obviously he was all, already kind of uh, set up for success in a way to be yeah. able to navigate those things and go deeper.
2: Yes, it's a little bit sobering, isn't it, to listen to an 18-year-old that has <laughs> more yeah. wisdom and insight than I often feel like I have. And even when he was talking about what his 80-year-old self would think of the choices he's making now, mm. uh, I think I'm going to take that one as as a bit of a life lesson too. But I have not <laughs> had that scope of thought. I loved that.
0: Um, uh, you know, a big idea in this particular conversation is around the that kind of you know, nebulous line between boy and man mm. and uh, legally child and legally adult. Mm. And um, I, th- I sort of feel like in Australia in particular, maybe we don't have many rites of passage or kind of uh, paths of transition. Um, do you have any thoughts around that? Like, do you think that's something that we're missing or, or do you have thoughts around how we can um, help people you know, not feel the pressure of like it's got to change in one day.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I know. I love how he said, you know, people asking him, do you feel different? <laughs> it's like it's one day, isn't it? And yep. this magical transformation doesn't doesn't happen when you turn 18, does it? Um, I think we do have rites of passage in Australia. I don't think they're particularly excellent ones. Uh, I think that drinking culture that you guys talked about is definitely part of it. I think Mm. there's some really um, destructive um, expectations of young men in the way they treat women. And I'm speaking in generalisations here, but I definitely do see it. Um, So, yeah, there are some. um, They are not, yeah, beneficial. Just having conversations with boys earlier, so as they're entering Manhood, they're not just trying to figure it out for the first time. I think sometimes there is too much of a distinction between child and adult and expected then, well, mm. or we expect children to just magically then have the maturity and insight and forethought that we expect of adults. I think that's probably something that needs more intentionality.
0: I think it's interesting, me and Fletcher talked about, you know, his brother had these 10 very full years of life. He talks about sort of sometimes becoming more childlike is a good thing. Absolutely. And I do think that maybe we have a certain expectation and, you know, part of that stereotype of boys don't cry or, or men don't, you know, show emotions is actually like once you pass a certain point, then you can't go back to what's okay for yeah. a child. It's okay for children to be vulnerable. It's okay for children yeah. to cry when they fall over. It's okay for children to express how they're feeling yeah. or to be super imaginative and creative and say crazy things. Yeah. So I sort of wonder if we almost need more rites of passage to go you know, back to, mm. to giving ourselves permission um, not to be childish, but to be childlike.
2: Yeah, that's it. It needs that distinction, doesn't it?
0: So Hannah, is there anything out of this conversation um, that you you sort of recommend that people continue to think about or explore or kind of do as a result of what we've talked about?
2: Yeah, there's a couple of things. I think uh, Fletcher mentioned the whole... idiom of be a man um, is so loaded with connotation isn't it and I think that's a discussion that we need to continue to have like what do we actually mean by that and I like that he said it can be positive and negative often we see it as just a negative thing but I guess if we are reshaping what masculinity can look like in positive enriching ways then it doesn't have to be a bad thing being a man can be soft-hearted and and um and I guess Fletcher is so intentional in self-care as well finding those rhythms in our own lives like
0: for sure doing those things mm. where you actually give yourself permission um, to to listen to yourself um that has a huge effect on how we are with others and I think that leads into what
2: you're both saying about
0: the importance of
2: vulnerability and that doesn't mean you have to be sharing everything that's going on in your mind and heart with everyone but I guess having space to be emotionally healthy means that you present emotional health to others and that's that's the key to this, isn't it? You know, if we're living open, authentic lives and others see that and want it and feel free to do that themselves, I think is a really key take-home message to
0: you. 100%. This podcast has been proudly brought to you by the Central Coast Council and developed by Lead by Story. Help us grow the conversation by giving it a positive rating and review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Music for this show has been created by Josh Corkill and editing was done by Sienna Aloisio. I've been your host, Will Small. Special thanks to Hannah Gearhart and Fletcher Pillen. Catch you next time on Mankind.